Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. So we're looking at this theme of our DNA, which Greg's been talking about as a church. And in particular, we're looking at worship today. And it's Psalm 100 that I want to start at. If anyone has got a Bible, if you've got it on your phone, you want to follow it. So Psalm 100, it's got five verses. And uh, it says this. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. And uh, I thought that was quite a good place to, to use as a, a kind of springboard for looking at the subject of worship. Um, the, the actual title is uh, Being Passionate Worshippers. Um, that's, the, that's the kind of way Greg's described it in our teaching theme. And... Just that um, first verse of that psalm just really struck me as uh, quite, a, quite an important thing. It says, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all the earth. And it reminded me a bit of um, what was happening on Thursday evenings during lockdown, uh, where people came out of their houses, stopped what they're doing, and came out together and clapped their hands for the health service. And I just got to thinking, what would happen? What, what would it be like if... The whole earth, something like 7.8 billion people, stopped what they were doing, you know, all the, stopped their cars, stopped the planes, and just came out and shouted. I wonder what it would sound like. Um, I think you'd hear, hear it all over the earth, and it'd be quite an amazing thing. And uh, so, so lockdown really gave us a little foretaste of that, maybe, or a little taste of that, because, you know, we have had, haven't we? All cars have stopped and or slowed down, and hardly any flights. And uh, especially if people live in areas that are normally quite noisy, people have noticed how quiet it is. You can hear the birds singing. And then if we were to come out and shout, there would definitely be something heard. So um, that's the kind of idea that this psalm's talking about, the whole earth shouting together for God. That's worship. So I just want to answer, uh, ask three questions this morning. What is worship? Um, why do we worship? And how do we worship? Very simple. And it's all in this psalm, actually. So um, let's go straight into the what. Uh, verse 2, if I read that again, says, Serve the Lord with gladness, come before his presence with singing. And it's that word serve that is the, uh, what I think is the what of worship. And um, it's good for us to remember that. I mean, we talk about having a church service. So we're at a service now. Why do we call it a service? Because we're serving God. And actually, worship is about being God's servants. It's about serving him. And servanthood is kind of a foreign concept to most of us because we don't have servants. Does anyone have, a, have servants at home? 
No? <laughs> okay, so in bygone days and uh, other parts of the world, they do have servants, and so it's kind of, you get used to the idea of servants are the people who do the work. So, you know, they do the washing and cleaning and cooking and go out and work on the land. But because we're not familiar with that, the idea of servants is not very, uh, we're not used to it. But what this is saying is that we're God's servants. But um, it's not in the same way as, as, as normal human servants, because by God doesn't need servants. He doesn't need somebody to do his cleaning. He doesn't need someone to cook his meals. Um, but as Paul said when he was in Athens, he said, God's not served with human hands. Uh, God's served actually by human hearts. So we serve God with our hearts and with our lips, as we've just been singing and doing. That's what's happening. We're actually serving God, and that's what worship is. Um, if I just turn to the verse in Hebrews. Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. So we serve God with our hearts and our lips, but then it spills over into our whole lives. And so our lives become a sacrifice to God. Um, so, you know, perhaps uh, it was a bit of a sacrifice to come here today rather than going to the beach um, because, you know, we want to serve God and we want to worship him. Okay, so what is worship? It's service primarily. But there's another thing in there as well. In that psalm, it says, serve the Lord with gladness. So this is not serving out of duty and just out of, you know, sort of heavy commitment. This is, this is something we want to do. We enjoy doing. Um, there's joy in it. Uh, and that's really important. You know, God doesn't want miserable Christians. I really believe that. There's too many miserable Christians. So let's not add to their number. Let's be joyful Christian. Let's, let's be joyful in our worship. And I think that's something that characterizes us. And I would say that is something that we can say is part of our DNA. So service and joy. But one more thing about that, and that is that let's remember that we're serving God, not God serving us. Because there is, a, I think, a form of Christianity where it becomes so self-centered that we're just looking for God to meet our needs, God to serve us what we want and what we need. And um, I've been thinking about um, Bob Dylan this week, uh, who's just brought out an album I discovered, uh, a new album at age 79, which is not bad, is it? Um, he had a Christian phase um, for about three years, uh, and he wrote some amazing songs. There's an album called Slow Train Coming, which I've got on, um, on vinyl at home, which I really love. Um, one of the songs in there is called... When you're going to wake up. And there's this one line in it I really love. It says this. Do you ever wonder? I won't try and do my Bob Dylan voice. You probably don't want that. <laughs> do you ever wonder just what God requires? You think he's just an errand boy to satisfy your wandering desires. And then the chorus. When you're going to wake up? When you're going to wake up? When you're going to wake up? Strengthen the things that remain. And... Um, we can get into that thinking, you know, that God's there to, to satisfy our desires. But actually, no, we're here to satisfy his desire for us to worship him. And that's what worship is. So moving on to the why, 
um, a bit more. Why, why do we worship God? Well, verse 3 of this psalm says this. Know that the Lord is the Lord. He is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. And we worship God primarily because he's God. Very simple. So as it says, he is God. He made us and not we ourselves. Um, there's a man called John Wimber who... Uh, I had preached quite a few times in the 90s. American guy, he used to be a rock musician, actually, and he's dead now, but he, uh, he had a fantastic ministry of healing. And one of his favorite phrases, which I heard him say quite a few times, was, he's God and you're not. <laughs> and that's really what this psalm is saying. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. We didn't make ourselves. We, God made us. And that's why we worship him. And then the... Um, the other thing is that we worship him because we know him. That's what it says here. Know that the Lord is God. And knowing God is to love him. And to love him is to worship him. Because we, we worship what we love. And so when Jesus was talking to that woman at Samaria, if you remember that story in the New Testament, uh, the woman at the well, he said to her, because um, she starts talking about you know, is it, should we worship here in the, on this mountain or in Jerusalem? He says, no. He says, we worship what we know. He says, you worship what you don't know. It's quite a rude thing to say, really. But actually, that is an important truth, that because we know God, we can worship him. And we have some knowledge of God. Uh, but Jesus was actually pointing out here that there's, a, there's only two choices. You either worship God, or you worship what you don't know, which turns out to be the God of this world. So you have to choose. And I'm going to bring in Bob Dylan again at this point, because uh, there's another song on that album, which is called, well, I think it's called uh, uh, You've Got to Serve Somebody, because that's the chorus, which I'm going to read to you. You're going to have to serve somebody. Yes, indeed. You're going to have to serve somebody. Well, it may be the devil, or it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. And that's the choice that we all have. And Jesus said, you, no one can serve two masters. Because right? either he'll love one and he'll hate the other, or he'll be devoted to one and he'll despise the other. You, and then he says, you, you can't serve God and wealth. And the God of this world is basically the God of wealth, isn't it? That's, that's what the world's about. And so... Um, we worship God because the alternative is that we end up worshipping what we don't know, which is the God of this world. And that's the reality. Okay, finally, how? How should we worship? Um, so, is it about where we worship? No, I don't think so. So, for a lot of people, that's, that's very important. They think worship is being in the right place, in the right building, but again, that story with Jesus and the Samaritan woman makes it clear. It's not about which mountain it is. It's not about, is it this mountain or Jerusalem? Is it this church, this cathedral? No, because actually worship's starting in our hearts. So it doesn't matter where we are. We can do, we can do worship wherever we are. Is it about musical style? All right, we, we like modern music. Other people go to church and sing hymns. Does that matter? I don't think it matters to God. So 
It's not those sort of things. So what is it about? How should we worship? Well, going to that uh, passage in, in John again, this is what Jesus said to the woman at the well. Let me just read it to you. Uh, right here. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we, what we know. But the hour is coming, and now is, when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And that's the important thing. So true worship is something that starts in our, in our spirits, in our hearts, but it's also full of truth. And that's what we see again in this psalm. Is there's a lot of truth here about God, um, which I think is an important part of the whole thing. So how do we worship? There's actually a practical instruction here. So verse 4 of the psalm says this, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. All right, so there's like a, a progression here. We start with thanksgiving. And then we go on to praise. Why is that? Well, I think we start with thanksgiving because that's the easiest thing for us to do. Um, You know, however bad life is, there's always something we can give thanks for. There's always something we can think of. Yep, God's given me breath at least today. I'm alive. And uh, for all of us, you know, we've always got food to eat. There's always something. But that's, that's focusing on us. And we don't want to stay there. So we move from thanksgiving to praise, which is focusing on God and on the truth about God. And that's why we worship in truth, because we need the truth about God to help us worship him. And that's why this psalm, I think, then goes on to say, last verse, the Lord is good. Truth, right? His mercy is everlasting. And then it says, finally, it says, his truth endures, or his faithfulness endures to all generations. And so that's... That's the spirit and the truth coming together and firing us in worship and taking us into God's presence. I'm just going to finish with a final verse uh, from Revelation. Because that idea of the whole earth shouting together is right there in Revelation chapter 19. It says this, then a voice, this is a revelation John had, of course, about things that were going to come in the future, about the end times, which are getting closer every day, although no one knows when that is. It says this, Then a voice came from the throne, saying, Praise our God, all you his servants, and those who fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, as the sound of many waters, and as the sound of mighty thunderings, saying, Hallelujah! For the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory. And that's the, that's the time, I think, when the whole earth is going to be shouting together. And uh, I think it would be good to be part of that. be good to be there on that day with those who are shouting glory to God. And so when we worship now here, um, even if it's just a few of us, we're just we're, we're participating in a foretaste of that day, which, you know, it might sound, that's, people say it's going to be a bit boring. That's because we cannot comprehend 
what we're going to be like in that day and what it's going to be like. But let's be sure that we can join in that great shout. Amen. Should we pray? Lord, we want to be passionate worshippers. Lord, we want to be there on that final day, giving our shout with the rest of the however many billion people there are there. So we ask for your help, Lord. We ask for your um, help today, this week. Lord, as we give ourselves to you, as we serve you with worship, and as we let that flow out into our whole lives so that we do good in our lives as well, um, help us, Lord. Help us to be passionate worshippers for the glory of God. Amen. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.